Hello and welcome back to Witchfix. This is episode 3 on Dragon's Dogma, The Dark Arisen, and following on from the second part where I was having a great time and I felt like I'd finally understood what the game was about and I wasn't dying every 15 seconds. Well, ho ho ho, did that game have some things to teach me because straight after I recorded that episode, I not only got ill, as you just heard in that strangling, twisty sound in my voice, but uh, the game has started to kick my ass again, so I'm here to talk about that. Uh, in the previous episode, episode 2, I talked a little bit about how I thought I was maybe in the middle of the game, because I just had the confrontation with the dragon and I entered the post-dragon portion of the game. It turns out that portion of the game, not that long. This is going to contain, obviously, spoilers for the actual end game of Dragon's Dogma, so if you don't want to hear of those, I don't know why you're here, really, but okay. So basically what happened is you go back to Grand Soren through all the Embry darkness and suddenly everywhere is populated by new strong enemies including hellhounds which are giant wolves that breathe fire and I'm not even exaggerating when I say that they can fuck right off. They're just the worst things in the world. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. But I digress. So by the time you get back to Grand Soren you've noticed that the world is obviously much darker. It put me in the mind of in Zelda... Uh, crooner of time when you if you've played the game you know this but there's a basically the first half of the game you're trying to collect the spiritual stones and put them on the altar of time and then you do that and then you fuck up the world and the world becomes harder it becomes darker there are more powerful enemies previously nice places have been corrupted and changed by this dark energy it's not as extreme as that but it did remind me of that quite a bit I got back to Grand Soren, I went to see the Duke. The Duke had aged by about 50 years and he did not look great. He looked like he had chosen the wrong grail and was sort of turning into a skeleton man. And basically the idea is that the dragon, because he'd never reclaimed his heart from the dragon, obviously because of the deal he'd made, he had immortality. And in killing the dragon, I took that away from him. So he's just caught up with himself age-wise, I think, is what happened. Because um, the dragon forged, who'd also faced the dragon but hadn't recovered his heart, he crumbled into literal dust because I figured he'd been around for long enough that he'd outlived his natural life. Anywho, the Duke managed to convince everyone that I was in league with the dragon and had put a curse on him to make him age a bunch. Which is not true. Uh, but they then chased me to the giant hole that had formed in the middle of Grand and taking with it my favourite inn. God damn it. Uh, they knocked me into the hole and I fell. Unfortunately, I fell into the Everfall, which, as the name suggests, means that you just keep falling forever. But you can, on the way, land on different ledges, and that's part of the end game. You basically go to the different ledges, you defeat different large monsters, and you're trying to get from them wake stones, which are magical items that you can use throughout the game if you can find them or find enough shards to make one. And they essentially, they're, they're like an extra life. If you die, you can just use a wake stone and pop right back to life. So they're very useful. I needed to collect 20 of them to finish this final mission and get to the end part of the game. So I went about doing that. The monsters in the Everfall were quite difficult to kill. Uh, I, there was like a giant eyeball with teeth that I very much did not appreciate. But the worst room was actually one that had two chimeras in it, a sort of floating skeleton wizard man. And he kept summoning the fuck off wolves of please just die. I died in that room quite a bit. And 
the only way I found to really get through it was to go away and do some side missions and come back when I was a few levels higher. And even then it still took me about an hour to kill everyone, which was not fun. It was probably the hardest battle in the whole game that I had experienced at that point. Uh, which, given that I'd killed the dragon, which was like kind of the main boss that it was building up to, was saying something, really. Anyway, you uh, get your hands on the wake stones. I actually collected a few more than was strictly needed in terms of fulfilling that quest, because I had this idea that having a couple of extra ones would help when I went in to do the DLC. So uh, I collected maybe 24. I put them where you're meant to put them, and we went into the final part of the actual game which was very odd it's essentially you meet the arisen who came before you and he is in a sort of rift like dimension where he is overseer of the world and basically what the arisen is to the pawns he is to humans in that he's sort of basically an interventionist god and he can do anything and control people and is guiding the universe and in making the choices that I'd made and getting to that point, I was meant to take his place. So I had to beat him, which wasn't actually hard. And then you sit in the chair and you become, I guess, God, basically, which sends you back to the starting village. But now you're invisible and you can't interact with anything, which is not fun. There wasn't really a huge hint on what to do next. I guess that I was meant to do something to end the game, to change what was happening. So um, I in the end had to Google it because I was just very confused as to what I was trying to achieve. But by trying to leave that starting village, I got sent back to the weird rift dimension. I picked up a massive fuck of sword and I stabbed myself with it, which ended the game quite neatly. Um, and ended with sort of me, but not me, falling out of the sky, except I was now my main pawn. But Gwendamir had changed to look like me. And then my beloved Celine uh, met not me on the beach and uh, they walked off together. And I guess that I am now dead and the cycle has been ended. The ending confused me quite a lot. I don't really understand it, but I'll probably get a chance to experience it again quite shortly, which is sort of what I'm going into now. So it turns out that unlike with most games where you play the DLC or you can access the DLC, after you've completed the main game, usually you go to a screen that says, like, you finished the main story, but there's still lots left to explore in whatever made-up land you're in, and you can play the DLC as well. And then it just kind of drops you back to either a point just before you do the last missions, or to a world where you've done the last mission, but you're sort of still hanging around. I get why they maybe couldn't do that with this, because I became God and then died. So um, I kind of figured out during the end game that, I wasn't going to be able to do the DLC, so I was a little bit put out by that. But fortunately, you can start like a new game plus with the same character. So I did that, came back into the game. You get to keep your levels. You get to keep all your vocation levels as well. So you're still like top ranked mage or whatever you were playing as. You get the same pawn and you get to keep all the items that you had in your inventory, which was very useful because it helped me complete some of the quests because I already had quite a lot of the stuff they wanted. So I started off doing the main missions so that I could get to Grand Sorin and be able to change my vocation because I talked in the last uh, episode about Dragon's Dogma that I wanted to try being a sorcerer and I thought, well, now's as good a time as any. I've restarted the game so I can play the DLC. I might as well 
change my vocation. So I went to the tavern in Grand Soren, changed my vocation to that of a sorcerer, and I changed my main pawn's vocation because she was just a general fighter. I changed her to a, a more specialised broadsword user, so she can use a big sword, not just a little sword and a shield. This is where I started to run into problems because I had unknowingly created them for myself. Essentially, even if you have a lot of discipline points saved up, which I did, you can't access all the abilities of your new vocation straight away. You have to level up through the vocation levels, which are separate to your experience. I did not know this, <laughs> so uh, that was a bit annoying. But I went off to Bitter Black Isle, which is the separate location, which is where the DLC takes place. You get transported there by a lady you meet on the pier in Cassidus, and she basically brings you there to essentially i don't really know she doesn't say much basically she just says that you have been called here to try and help and that she's trapped there and that beneath bitter black isle and in the kind of labyrinth below there is this sort of ancient unspeakable evil that you have to find and maybe destroy so i felt reasonably confident that i was going to be able to handle most of the stuff here because i'd already completed the game and i was level like 55 and i thought mm, okay i'm not really having a problem with the main game i could probably go in and do the dlc levels without much of a problem so that was true for a while i i went in the wolves um those sort of hell wolves that i mentioned earlier goblins cyclopses nothing i hadn't really dealt with before um you're basically going through an area which is very much like the everfall in that there are lots of like dark corridors and tight little stairwells and it feels very claustrophobic and like you could encounter danger around any corner which is obviously very tense you also come up against quite a lot of locked doors and you need to find crystals or keys to open them so it's less open than some of the other dungeons that i'd been into but overall it was going quite well um, I was finding lots of interesting new items, new plants and stuff, and making new curatives, which was very interesting. But then I hit an issue. I progressed through quite a lot of what well, I guess is like the first sort of level of the Bitter Black Isle DLC, which is basically up until the Shrine of Futile Truths. I was basically getting to all of the locations. I'd found keys. I was climbing up things, finding new ways into places. And I think that what I sort of hit the wall at was the first kind of boss that stops you reaching other areas. And that boss is called a gazer. Um, the gazer looked like the giant eyeball that I'd fought in the Everfall. It was like a big eye with teeth. But unlike that big eye with teeth, you couldn't just attack it. Um, it was sort of floating in the middle of this room. And it was quite hard to get at and with me I had uh, me who was a sorcerer, I had Gwendomir who had a big sword, I had another big sword person and uh, an archer as well and the archer was the only person who seemed able to actually hit it because the others were just kind of scuttling around the floor and occasionally tentacles would come out of the floor and they could attack them but that wasn't doing any damage to this big eye thing that had like 10 health bars and kept basically destroying them like they went through a bunch of curatives in about five minutes it was quite scary how quickly they were losing health i managed to get two of those health bars down i don't really know how um i discovered a sort of trick where occasionally it would just like punch a massive tentacle up through the floor so i stood underneath it so it would kind of punch itself and then it would fall down and the main eyeball part would hang out of the 
globe part that is like it's outside and then you could kind of hit it but a lot of the time as my sword people were just not coming to hit it at that point they were just running around not doing anything and my archer was trying but failing to do much damage and um I googled it because I was like how the hell am I supposed to kill this thing and it turns out it's immune to basically all of my attacks it's resistant to fire ice and lightning which are the basic elemental magic spells that you know it's resistant to dark based attacks but I don't use dark based attacks because I feel like a lot of things are going to be resistant to those so I have holy based spells which are um, holy uh, affinity which basically makes people's weapons glow with holy light and I guess more effective so I was using that on my guys but that seemed to be the only thing that I could actually do and as a sorcerer I couldn't do healing spells anymore so I was kind of useless to them that was pretty much of a bugger and in the end um again the only thing that seemed to be happening was that my archer person would jump up onto it and kind of stab at it with her little knives which wasn't doing anything um and then I tried to jump on top of it because it had like one tentacle growing out of the top which I thought I could maybe kill with some uh, holy light and then I fell off and died which was embarrassing that was a bit of an issue um something else that happens in bitter black isle which I had not been expecting is that the bodies of your enemies don't actually disappear they just kind of lie there on the floor being dead and corpsey but unfortunately that draws in more powerful enemies so I've been through one room I think about three times and killed some goblins in there every time and then this massive wolf showed up, like the size of a griffin that could like breathe fire and that was really terrifying. Uh, and that killed me twice during the course of that fight and I had to use wake stones each time. So um, I then ran out of my saved up wake stones, which was really annoying. So I, I left uh, a bit of black arm. I thought, OK, I'm just not prepared for that right now. I'll just leave and go up a couple of levels and uh, then maybe come back and... It sort of happened that I ended up playing the whole game again um, because I don't really want to go back not prepared. I think I've gotten to level like 67 now, which is about 10 levels higher than I was when I first tried to do Bitter Black Isle. I've gotten to the point where I'm just about to go to the Great Wall and face the dragon, essentially. So most of the way through the game again. The plan that I've got now is to get back to the Everfall go down there, get a bunch of wake stones, and then try and kill this eye again. I've reached the top vocational level as a sorcerer, uh, so now I know quite a lot of spells, but unfortunately most of them seem to be of the fire, ice, electricity variety, which is still not going to help me against that eye, although some of them do look really cool. The only ones that I think aren't are, I have one called, I think, Seism, which is, it causes like an earthquake and for big rocks to sort of punch out of the ground. I can see that being maybe quite useful. Um, I have Holy Affinity still, so I'm going to be using a lot of that. But aside from that, I don't know that I have any spells that are going to be particularly effective. So I'm also going to take another mage pawn in with me to like heal people, I guess. Um, but Again, their, their attacks aren't going to be incredibly useful either unless I can find someone who is good at holy spells too. Something that came quite unexpectedly from me playing the game again was that I sort of paid more attention to the affinity system uh, because a lot of the fights weren't really much of a challenge because I was kind of over-leveled for them. So I focused more on some of the actual parts of the game that I neglected before because I was struggling with the combat so much. 
Uh, to the point where when I went to meet the Duke for the first time and his jester puts that stupid hat on you that you can't take off. I went outside, still wearing the stupid hat, and I talked to Lady Eleanor, who is the king's wife. And I spoke to her about sort of eight times in a row because I thought she had a quest for me, but she didn't. But after speaking to her eight times, she kind of fell in love with me in that she had the, the blushed cheeks and this sort of pink glow around her head. And it made this weird chiming noise every time I spoke to her, which is signs that you've reached like high affinity romance level with that character. So I was like, OK, well. I ended up with Celine as my beloved the first time round, but this time I might actually try and romance the Queen because I know that there's a mission that you can go and rescue her from this tower later on. And I thought it'd be quite cool story wise if, if we were sort of romantically linked, I guess. So I gave her the magic ring that you get from the Dragonforged and um, I'm about to do that mission now before I go and do the Grateful. Uh, I didn't really realise that I was going to end up playing the game again all the way through for a second time just so that I could have enough levels to go about doing the DLC but I feel like it's quite difficult to judge what level you're meant to be when you do things because it says you should be an experienced adventurer to do this DLC but it doesn't actually give a, a level or you know a suggested level which I just found uh, not very helpful <laughs> but uh, I am going to continue with it and hopefully there will be a part four in which I will have concluded all of my experiences with Dragon's Dogma and I can give a, a final overview of what I've liked about it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember to subscribe and stay looking for the part four where I can talk about the ending and more about the DLC. You can subscribe on YouTube or here on Castbox as well. Don't forget you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at WitchFix and get in touch on Gmail, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Mm -hmm.